Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies in acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers so you as a business can achieve your vision. And if you don't listen to what this guy has to say, every year at the best conference on the planet for digital marketing. And I go to a lot of these conferences. This is still the best. And it's probably because, and I know, yeah, me and Kasim tend to suck up to this guy a lot, but it's because we love him because we think he's a genius. And he's also one of the guys that got us both into digital marketing. Certainly big reason why we have the Perpetual Traffic podcast. So Ryan Dice's speech at TNC is a can't miss event. When I go and speak at this event, it, it is the one thing I make sure I never, ever miss because I always pick up something. Even though I know Ryan, we're friends, comes on the show, we give each other a hard time. You say he buys strange things with the advertising dollars that he's made. He says, I buy strange things with the advertising dollars we make on perpetual traffic. It's good. But the point is, is like when he gets up on stage and talks about the future of digital marketing... You as a marketer have to listen. And so today, we're going to get into where he thinks all of this is going. And this isn't yet another podcast on AI. Yeah, you can listen to a lot of podcasts out there that talk about AI. We talk about AI quite a bit. AI is a part of it, for sure. It definitely is part of the future of digital marketing. But no one knows this stuff better than he does. and No one has better perspective than he does, I think, on the planet. And we're going to get into the future of digital marketing in 2023 and 2024 and beyond right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. 
And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back. We are going to get into the thing that you probably came here to listen to. It's definitely the thing that you can't miss this at TNC. Dude, I've said every year, I swear to God, I've said this on record. Every it's worth single year. And this is, I know. Yeah. And I know we're doing a lot of sucking up here, but you know, you know, we could give you a lot of crap, but like, you know, it's actually, it is what it is. And this is the stuff I think you think about all year. You're great at sort of observing what's going on and then boiling it down to, in this case, the, the TNC ideal customer profile is the marketer. Like, how am I going to use this in order to grow and scale my business, whether I'm a CMO, a digital mark, you know, just a the guy doing it day in and day out or a gal who's running her own business, where you sort of see everything going. Everyone's talking about AI. I get that. We've talked about it a ton here. But where do you see it all going in the next year or so? And what can marketers expect? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, it's wild because my last TNC keynote was in, TNC, I guess, was in October of last year, October, November, maybe September. I don't know. It was basically in the fourth quarter of 2022. I'm really excited. Traffic and Conversion Summit is getting back into the first quarter. It was always a Q1 event. It was always a Q1 event. And then COVID happened and there was all the shuffling around of spaces and it got moved into September, October, which I don't like. There's too many other events around that same period of time. And I always loved Traffic and Conversion Summit being that event that sort of kicked off the year. I always loved that. That's why I loved it being in kind of January, February. There were some times where we were later March. Even to me, that was too long. I loved it being that event that that kicked things off. And yeah, I always saw it as my job for the opening keynote to try to set the tone for what I felt like was going to matter in marketing, digital marketing for that next year. And, you know, when I think about my keynote last year, there were plenty of things that were just dead on bullseye right. But one thing that was not featured at all in my keynote was AI. I mean, I barely, I mean, I mentioned it. I absolutely mentioned it because people were starting to talk about it, but this was pre-chat GPT. I think chat GPT came out maybe three or four weeks was when the announcement was after TNC. And so when I think about all that has happened since that last keynote, it's safe to say it's been a lot. It's also safe to say it kind of hasn't been that much, right? And I'm not trying to underplay AI and the importance of AI. And again, I I also don't want to conflate like a lot of people do, chat GPT with AI. They act as though they're one of the same, but no, there's lots of different AI platforms and how it's going to impact what we're doing. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's not going to be a ton of AI in my opening keynote at Traffic and Conversion Summit. And, and we're going to have plenty of sessions on AI at TNC. Like you go AI-tastic. There's a whole track on it and it's going to be amazing. But it's not where I'm focusing right now because as far as I'm concerned, in my experience, AI is a tool. And to think about AI, the analogy that I use, and when I'm talking to all the marketers on our different teams, I'm saying, look, AI 
is not going to put you out of business. It's not going to render the work that you do meaningless any less than Photoshop rendered photographers meaningless, right? What it did is it made the great photographers even better. And what it also did is it kind of made it to where everybody could produce something decent if you learned the tool, right? Now you, you move that all the way forward into like filters in Instagram and stuff like that. And now I could take kind of a crappy photo on my iPhone, slap some filters on it. And what do you know? I'm a freaking photographer. I do believe that AI is turning everybody into a marketer. The thing is, it's turning everybody into kind of a crappy marketer. And so when everybody's doing marketing and when everybody thinks they can do marketing, is the edge going to come from mastering the tool? I don't actually think so. I think that a basic understanding of the tool is going to be essential, but I don't believe the edge any longer is going to come. I think if you ignore the tools and don't use them, you'll be left behind. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm not saying that. But I don't believe that mastery of all the tools is going to be the thing that gives you an edge. Because I think at the end of the day, that's going to be a rush to the bottom. Everybody's going to have this. The tools will get better. And you'll, get, you'll be good at them just sort of out of the box. In the same way that, you know, everybody and their dog is good at Instagram. You select your thing, it's fine. You don't have to know how to, what the contrast and the shadows and the filters and all that. You don't have to know that. It does it for you. AI is going to be the same way. It's going to be built into all the tools that we're using. Tool mastery is going to give you some slight edges now, and I think you need to do it, your team needs to do it, but I don't believe that that's where it's going to come from. So when the world gets more complicated, I think there's two types of people. There's one type of person who sees complexity and flees towards it, and they want to seek to understand and unravel the complexity, and in doing so, they tend to make things more complicated. And these are the people who are always the first on all of the trends. And then there's people who see complexity and they flee to simplicity. In my experience, I've known a lot of people over the past couple of decades of working in marketing and working with business owners. And in my experience, the people that flee to simplicity are the people who build great companies. They're the people who do big things. The people that flee to understanding all of the complexity and creating their own complexity, they're the ones that get a slight edge and look really smart for a season and then they sort of blow out. To me, the ultimate example of this is Jeff Bezos. He did an interview and he said, the question that we're always asking at Amazon is not what's going to change. The question we're always asking is what won't change and how do we get better at the things that won't change? And so as I'm thinking about marketing and as I'm talking and advising the marketers across all of our different portfolio companies, I'm inviting them to ask that question and saying, let's double down on those things. And so a lot of what we talked about at the beginning, what were we saying? Like kind of getting back to some basics reevaluating the things that used to work. Because as big as AI is, I think an even bigger change that's taking place right now is the macroeconomic change. People have been doing marketing for the last 10 years. You've literally never, only last 10 years, you've literally only ever marketed during a bull cycle. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's such it. an important point that all of yeah. us are going to get such a rude awakening so very soon. It helps to be old because I, you know, I started in, I launched my first business in 1999. The first two recessions ago, the dot-com bust, right? 1999 was when I launched my first business and I saw that happen. And I watched the run-up until 2008, 2009, the great financial crisis, right? And I watched it all come back down again. And so to me, looking at what's happening right now, it's not the same as those, it rhymes a bit, but I think that's the bigger impact than AI. And I think marketers understanding how to market during this time it's going to come down to not mastering the latest tools. It's going to come down to getting the basics really, really right. So that's the question I ask is like, okay, let's get it down to first principles. What is marketing? And to me, ultimately, marketing is two things. 
it is messaging and it is amplification. That's all marketing ever is. It's I need to have a message that I'm putting out to the market and I need to amplify that market. Every aspect of marketing is going to filter into one of those two categories. Is this messaging? So messaging is obviously copywriting, but it's also offer structure. Pricing is messaging. Funnel design to a large extent is messaging. What is the sequence of offers that I'm going to make? The sequence of messages that I'm going to make. And then how do I amplify those things? I would submit to you guys that prior to, and, and really for the last 15 years, most of the gains and most of the wins happen through, amp- through being really, really good at amplification. And the reason I can say that is think about the title of the show. What are we talking about? Perpetual traffic. Awesome. What are you amazing at? Google ads, like traffic, Ralph, same, Facebook, you're talking about Facebook ads. Like, and I'm not saying like you guys have grown as complete marketers and you get the messaging and the funnel side of it as well too. That's why you built companies because you got all of that. But there are a lot of marketers who the only thing they understand is amplification. And I'm here to tell you, if you amplify a turd, it's still a turd. (laughs) But there was a lot of money to be made in all cases from just the pure amplification side. The gains happen from like learning the new channels, figuring out the algorithms. All the gains were from the messaging. What's the world we're in right now? Targeting. I'm not saying it's dead, but man, come on. Like compared to what we used to be able to do, give me a freaking break, yeah. right? Yeah. SEO. As much. Yep. I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not yep. saying you can't do it. You can, but like, I remember when SEO was just stuffing a bunch of keywords in the bottom of the web page, the same background color, same color as the background. Those were the days. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like those were the days. It's I love those changed. days. <laughs> so if that's not where the gains happen, I think the gains are going to happen on the messaging side. Kind of to unpack that a little bit more, if we're really going to split out the messaging component, I think there's the messaging as in the actual words, but I think there's also the funnel. So now if I were to think about what is marketing today and what is the job of marketers? The job of marketers, get buyers, buyers from scratch. That's your job as a marketer. Go out and get some freaking buyers. Whether you call those buyers customers, clients, patients, get the buyers. Even, you know, might say, oh, I need to get leads. Okay, but you're getting leads maybe to hand off to a sales team. So you're getting buyers. There's just an extra step there. So if we're going to say that, like, as marketers, we need to get buyers. Okay, what do we need to master? What are the three things we need? You got to have channel mastery still, although I don't think that's where the gains are. You got to have message mastery and you got to have funnel mastery. And if you got those three things, then I believe you win. And I think in the past, we've had people geeking out about channels. I think we've had people geeking out about funnels. You look at all the stuff that Russell's done to really own that concept, which I think is still critical. That's the economic side of how does marketing work is the funnel. The one that has been ignored is messaging. And it's the one that's continuing to get ignored because now people believe they don't have to do that anymore because AI is going to do it for me. They're taking the one advantage that we actually have and they're abdicating the responsibility of what I believe is the one advantage of marketing to a computer that has been trained on all the knowledge of the internet and the collective knowledge, the collective abilities of the internet when it comes to copywriting is pretty freaking crappy. Think about it. It's been trained on the average on all the websites on the internet, which we know most copy sucks. Suck. And so if we're going to say that channels while critical isn't the advantage. If we're going to say that funnels, while essential, we kind of generally know what works and what doesn't. There's sort of a 
in the trenches blocking and tackling and testing that needs to happen to get that right. Where is the area of opportunity? What's the thing that won't change? I think it's messaging and it's the one thing that all marketers want to abdicate to AI. And I think it's the biggest mistake. And I think the winners moving forward are going to be those that, that remaster messaging. Use the tools, yes, but don't abdicate. So there's my rant. I think that surprises a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm still unpacking <laughs> the tactics of how to why. do that. But it's why yeah. going back to the initial thing, going back to the initial nugget, like let's go test problem statements. Let's go do some of this stuff. What's the messaging? Yeah. I often say this. It's like aside from tracking and attribution and all that sort of stuff, making sure all your pixels are in place and you get your conversions API and your Google Analytics 4 and you know whatever third tracking software that you want to use, like all that is like plumbing. That's like the base level because otherwise you can't track any of the signals that you're getting from your top end marketing all the way to the purchase. So that's like the unsexy portion of like digital marketing in general, which I still believe like that's the base foundation. Without that, but then the next level up, it's like the sill plate that you put on before you start hammering in like the two by fours for the walls. If you're building yourself a house in digital marketing is messaging. And a lot of that goes back to just the work, just doing the work, which it sounds so unsexy. It's like do the research on what your customers are saying, going back to our original nugget in the beginning of the show, but also doing research on what your competitors are doing. Do your deep dive, understand the three pillars of the emotional side of like how people buy, how people come into your world, what their pain points are, what their desires are, really understanding that market, synthesizing that all into generalized messaging concepts. And then from that, which can be done with some AI tools to speed up the process, which is helpful. But I think the AI tools that everyone's relying on now are starting to use makes an okay marketer kind of a mediocre marketer and a mediocre marketer a good marketer, but it could potentially make a really good marketer into a great marketer. And then if you use it, the right types of tools, it could make a great marketer like a world-class marketer. that was a Russian doll that you just built for us, Ralph. There are a lot of layers in there. Yeah. Well, it takes it sort of to that next level. And I think AI isn't the solution for it. It's an additive component to do a lot of that work, which ends up being like, what's going on in the mind of the consumer that you're trying to target to get them to engage with your brand? How can I hit them right between the eyes? Yeah, it's a team member. If you treat it like an intern or a marketing coordinator or a researcher, what I used to do, so we had a business, as you guys know, that was kind of in the survival outdoor space. And when I was writing copy and coming up with things for that, I would actually go to outdoor retail stores. We owned one. We actually acquired one at one point. And I would go to that company and I would sit in that building with the customer swirling around me and I would write copy, listening to what they were saying, being in their environment. I'd go to Bass Pro Shop and I would shop but buy nothing, but basically just listen to the conversations that people were having. What are the terms they're using, the phrases? Like that took work. It took work to get out there in the field and listen to people. And I think marketers stopped listening and we started telling the world what they were going to do. And when the world was flush with crypto cash and government stimmies and 401ks and stock portfolios that are ballooning to the moon, they were happy just to be told where to put all this pesky money. They were happy to listen to marketers and say, what should I do with all this pesky money? I don't know what to do with it. It's coming at me faster than I can get rid of it. And marketers obliged. And they told people what they should do. 
and it worked. And I don't think it was a bad strategy then, but if you think that that is the strategy that's going to work, the next cycle that we're heading into or that what works in normal times, you will fail as a marketer. Marketer's job is to listen and to repeat back what they heard. That is the core job of a marketer. You listen and you repeat back what you heard. You engage in the conversations your audience is having. You don't butt in and try to start a new conversation about your thing. You engage and perhaps when the timing is right, you redirect and you offer a solution. Marketers at their core are listeners. They are not tellers. And we get away from that. So I think leveraging AI as a tool to help with listening is a great idea. Leveraging it to help you do more telling is a recipe for failure. And it's what everybody's going to do. And it's why if that's what you don't do, you're about to experience some significant boom times. You're about to gobble up some market share. It's going to hurt a little bit because the market itself will likely compress. But when you grab a larger piece of that market share and then the market re-expands, which it will do because it only always does, you will own a bigger slice of what is now a bigger pie. That's another fun framework. Are you listening or are you telling? And you know what's sad is I think for a lot of us that have been so acclimated to telling, it's hard to tell the difference because we think that we're listening, but we're not really. We're listening to ourselves, stakeholders, shareholders, customers, meaning the agency client, not the end customer. So you have to like rework that atrophied muscle. That's why, again, to me, it's first print. Like, how do I distill it down to its core essence? What if our ad is just the words of our customers? Obviously, I'm listening because it's not even my words. Look, it's their words in quotes. So how much of what you're saying in your messaging as a marketer is repeating the things that you've heard? And how much is it you talking about your brand, your products? That's how you can tell, am I listening or am I telling? Now, there's a time for leadership and there's a time for direction. There's a time to make a call to action. But that time comes when you've earned the attention. And we want to move that well ahead. We want to start with the call to action. We don't want to earn the attention because the attention was abundant because everything was abundant. But in times when people are thinking about how do we spend less, how do we do less, how do we tighten our belts a little bit more, I'm not saying that we're not saluting in amazingly abundant times because we are the best times that have ever been. But the mindset of people is not that they want to be told. The mindset of people now is they want to be heard and they want to surround themselves with people who are listening to them. Mm. And ultimately buy from them because it's the logical next step. It's the logical solution of the resolution of my problem if you positioned it in the right way. Yeah, it's not that people don't want to buy. The mistake that people make when we do move into, and I don't want to call it a recessionary cycle because I don't even know what that word means anymore, but the mistake that people make when we move into cycles where things are getting a bit more constrained, where they are tightening up a little bit, is they think that people stop buying. They don't. What they start doing is making slightly more considered purchases. And one of the ways that they do that is they make more smaller bets. So many of us got away from this weird thing that we popularized called the tripwire, the entry point offer, the loss leader. Everybody got away from that. They're like, you don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to have all of these other product services. Just sell high ticket. Just go to the top. Just do that. You don't need all these pesky little things out here distracting people. Well, that may have been kind of sort of right at the time. Guess what? It ain't gonna be right in this next cycle. Now, I'm not saying that you can't still give people an opportunity to skip the line and to buy your most expensive thing first. At any given time, there's three to 5% of the people who are ready now. In any market, three to 5%, they're ready to buy now. And so part of the funnel is figuring out how do we get those people who are ready to buy now to raise their hand and then indicate that. But it's three to 5%. Everybody else, we're gonna need to nurture them. We're gonna need to romance them. 
we're going to offer them something small, offer them something a little bigger. So it's not that one works and the other doesn't anymore. It's that you need to get better at both. And that's when we get into, and I did talk about this at TNC. I'll be sharing more about some tests that we've done, but we now across all of our companies execute, we call a ready now funnel. And so when a new lead comes into one of our funnels, we're always assessing for number one, qualification. So on just about every single lead magnet that you see across all of my different companies, there's going to be some kind of drop down that is going to indicate, is this a qualified lead? And all we don't mean qualified to be our customer at all. We mean, are they qualified for our most expensive, highest end program? So it's scalable. You got to be doing a million dollars or more in revenue. Like you said, Ralph, it's not for startups. It's not for companies that are in the early stages. We're rooting for them. We want to help them. They don't qualify for our higher level programs. A digital marketer, it's actually agencies and consultants because we've got our certified partner program. So it doesn't mean that we don't want to help marketers of all shapes and sizes. It just means our highest level program is for agencies and consultants. So we're going to ask that qualifying question. That's going to let us know, okay, if they're not qualified, then let's serve them with some lower ticket stuff. Let's let them graze. Let's introduce some tripwires and those kind of things. Let's let them do their thing. Maybe they'll become qualified later on. We'll look to monetize that. Just so you know, right now across all of our funnels, on average, we are returning between 45% and 75% of our acquisition cost through the monetization of unqualified leads. I'm throwing up the air quotes if you're listening. The rest of it is coming from the qualified leads. Now, we don't just say, hey, you're qualified, you should buy our most expensive thing now. What we want to do is the next step is do a readiness test. We want them to take some kind of micro action to indicate that they're perhaps ready to hear a higher ticket, ready to do what Ralph Burns did. Hey, I can't help but notice that you know you got this 43 split test. Are you an agent consultant? Yeah, I am. Cool. Hey, one of the things we do is we help agencies and consultants. We got a program that we do this. It starts at around 10 grand a year. Interested in learning more about it. Here's how we think it can help. Yeah, I am. Okay, so you're not just qualified, but you're also ready. Qualification plus ready means that we can go ahead and move you to the top of the line. We call that a ready now funnel. This is something talked about last year, been testing it all year. When you think about funnels that are working for us right now, that one continues to work because what it acknowledges is that the old, old ways of doing things where you start people at the bottom of the value ladder and you walk them up, it still works. It also acknowledges that, yeah, but today, ad prices are too dang high. We can't afford to march them up slowly. We've got to go high ticket first. We got to flip the funnel. Well, how do we do both? We're going to test for qualification and we're going to test for readiness. All of these things, again, though, that's a tactical thing that people should just do and test. That's a way to kind of get some funnel mastery. The problem statement adds, that kind of speaks to a little aspect of messaging mastery. I submit to you, if you get those things figured out, just go to the traffic store and buy it. Hire Cossum, hire Ralph, like have them buy your ads. Because I think it's safe to say, if you got an ad that's generating a two to one ROAS within the first 30 days, you're probably going to be able to scale that. That's the game. But it's all the stuff that used to work. Nothing's really changed. Work on the stuff that doesn't. I remember the very first time I heard you say, go to the traffic store. And I was so offended because I was like, I do so much more than that. I, and then but it was an existential crisis for me, man. Because the next day I'm like, he's right. It's just attention arbitrage. And you know what was funny, Ryan, is until I wrapped my head around that, I couldn't scale my agency because I was convinced that like this is magic and I'm a magician and nobody else can do this. And the minute I started treating it like it's the traffic store, we're going to the traffic store, we're going to buy some traffic. And it really is just kind of that simple. And, you know, this is the aisle that you go for this demographic. And, and as soon as you kind of you get there, it becomes so much easier, so much more approachable. So that's a really healthy paradigm to have. 
but it was a tough pill to swallow. Sorry, I didn't mean that to minimize the efforts no, no, of no. those. It, you're, um, you're absolutely right, is what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not defending myself at all. I just, I had the same kind of like visceral knee-jerk reaction to it. So. so anyway, guys, I guess that's my, I mean, happy to dive into it a little bit more. But when I think about it, all of our focus is on those three areas. What are the things that won't change? There hasn't really been a new channel introduced in a very long time. We kind of got it with TikTok ads, you know, a little bit. But there's not new channels emerging like it was back in the mid-2000s, where it was a late 2000s, where it was a new channel every other week. So channels really aren't changing. Funnel architecture, the economics, there's not like massive innovations. I mean, I like to think I kind of gave you a quick innovation there with the Ready Now funnel. Not a lot of change there. And in messaging, I think the biggest change that's taking place is everybody's going to rely on crappy copywriters that they've hired in the form of their AI tool of choice and that's what they're going to expect to win the day. And it ain't going to happen. And they're going to wonder why. So I'd focus on messaging. The interesting part of this, and we've discussed it a couple of times here on the show, is that you know, we're both in the agency space. And we've fundamentally shifted from advertising first model to marketing model, which includes traffic as just a component of all of that. And there's lots of other things that are usually more important than the traffic component. Like, all the world, you know, one of your quotes is like, I love the turd quote, but the one that we quote here quite a bit is all the traffic in the world isn't going to cure a crappy offer problem. A lot of it is the offer itself, which is a whole other thing. But then there's all the messaging on the front end, which isn't necessarily, hey, let's just use laser focused targeting, or some whiz bang campaign hack. It is about speaking to that ideal customer for your business in the way in which, you know, it's the conversation that's going on inside of their head, which is something that probably was, that phrase was coined 40, 50 years ago, but it still is true for today. What I do see, and it'd be interesting to take get your take on this, especially because digital marketers are so focused on agencies. I think there's so many agencies, and probably a lot who are listening to this show here, by one count, by one study, there's 42,100 agencies in the U.S., 42,100. And I think 2020 and the pandemic itself probably took that figure from there were maybe 10 or 15 to 20 to doubling it in a very short period of time. And to your initial point, none of these folks have ever actually done this in a recessionary period, whatever that actually looks like. So how do you sort of envision like the agency side of the equation is their shakeout consolidation is obviously is a big thing. We meet with Meta all the time because they talk about this quite quite often. Like, What's your take on the agency space just for the agency listeners here on perpetual traffic and how they should pivot to ultimately survive and thrive? I think it's, as an agency today, and we talked to lots of them and they're hurting. You're absolutely right. I mean, agencies are, are hurting, hurting, hurting just because in many cases they knew how to do one thing and that one thing doesn't work anymore. I mean, really, it's as simple as that. Also, there's you know less budget. I mean, I love the quote. When times are good, you should advertise. When times are bad, you must advertise. That's reality. We know that. There's data to back up that the companies that advertise, and especially during times of retraction, they do better than the ones that stop by many orders of magnitude. And yet, what does everybody do? The first thing they cut, it's marketing. It's the marketing budget. It's the ad spend. It's the exact wrong decision, yet everybody does it. So even though it's wrong, it does impact agencies. So now I've been saying for a couple of years now, as an agency, I think you have two choices. Either you need to build an agency or consultancy that takes ownership of the entirety of the customer journey for your client. 
So you need to own all aspects of it. You need to own the awareness stage, so that traffic component. You need to own the funnel design component of that. So what happens after the lead comes in, you need to take some ownership you know, over that. And you need to own the overall messaging at each and every point along the way. Because if you don't, if you only own a single component of it, there's too many other places where it can and will almost certainly fail, you'll get blamed for it. Or just it'll stop working and so you'll lose that client anyway. So I think either you need to build an agency that takes ownership of the entirety of the customer journey, which doesn't mean you have to do everything, but you need to take ownership of it from a client perspective, exactly what you described, Ralph. We're not just going to do traffic, although we'll do that, but we're also going to understand your funnel and we're going to understand the messaging. You either need to make that decision or you need to hyper-specialize in one piece of the customer journey and align yourself with the agencies that want to own all of it. Because again, they're going to own all of it from a client perspective, but they can't do all of it. So they're going to need people like you. And so to me, this is the Hollywood model. If you understand how movies get made in Hollywood, it is different people coming together who are experts in their own little areas. And there's a producer and director that ultimately brings all of these constituencies together. Actors and their agents, you're going to have lighting people and special effects and you know all those things. They're going to bring all these people together to produce this movie. I think you've got to decide, are you the producer or are you a key grip? And look, key grip is important. We got to make sure the line's right and cords aren't in the way, but like know your role and be really, really clear on that. And don't get caught in the middle because if you're caught in the middle claiming to be able to do it all, but you're not, you're screwed. If you're a specialist who has not aligned yourself with people who do own it and you're essentially, I don't want to say contracting some of your services out to them, but that kind of is a lot of times what it winds up looking like. Maybe it's a strategic partnership. If you're not doing that, again, you're going to lose clients really, really quickly. So now is the time for agencies to figure out which are you of those two. And agencies need to be talking and networking and hanging out a lot more than they do. Everybody's so scared and panicky because they're like, they're holding on to their clients so tight that they don't want to connect with other because they might take my clients as is typical. You should be doing the exact opposite of your initial impulse. You should be networking with more and you should be deciding, am I going to go broad and be more consultative or am I going to go more narrow and be more specialized? One or the other, there's no room in the middle. Yeah. And I think you've got a platform for that pretty well. I mean, not always, I mean, here you are on the show, obviously we're going to be talking about your stuff, but I mean, I think the agency focus of digital marketer is a smart one and it can't be, I find when agencies get together, now there's a much different vibe than it was four or five years ago. It's like, oh, well, we're all competitors. Now it's much more, I just had you know three people from Metafly up to Boston a couple of weeks ago and talk about like 10 other agencies that are looking for strategic partnerships. That never would have happened six months ago. You know, we've got private equity groups that contact us every single week, say, hey, you know, plug into, you know, this larger platform organization. There's a tremendous amount of consolidation, especially in smaller agencies that might be able to be purchased for cash, not necessarily for debt because of the way the debt is right now with interest rates. I think there's going to be a lot of consolidation here. Not only are agencies looking for just partnerships and ways to work with other organizations, we get hit up probably five times a week for white label arrangements. So like, hey, can we just plug your stuff into what we're doing? That has completely changed from just a year ago. And I think the market started to sort of feel this and act this way. And they realized in order to survive, either I figure this out or I don't make it. And I think some 
are probably not going to make it if you still say, all right, I'm going to be just this one-stop shop and this one really, really good thing. You can continue to survive. And I, I think Solution Say is actually a really, really good example of this. Like Google, that's the only thing that they do. And like that's scalable, but also, you know, Cosm's made a very strategic decision to say, okay, maybe it might not work in the long haul because the models have changed. So if you're an agency owner that's still stuck in that mindset of like, I've got to go it alone, it's like join a community like what you guys have, reach out to other agency owners. There's plenty of business that's out there right now, but I think together, I think agencies are stronger. And with 42,000 of them, it's probably too fragmented to stay that way too much longer anyway. It's ripe for consolidation. You guys, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to raise the alarm that Ryan still needs to eat. And we promised him that this wouldn't be and a two-hour That was where interview. I was going to end it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what happens. We go on these subjects and we don't want to stop. So, I mean, this has been amazing to have you on Perpetual Traffic. I promise it will be more invites now that you're not what? the owner. And maybe if you have me on more often, we won't talk for as long. I'm just saying. It, that's true. <laughs> We're trying to put it all in yeah. together. What a novel concept. A all right. So where can people find you? We mentioned scalable, obviously, traffic and conversions. A lot of stuff that you're doing right now. So where's the best place they can find Ryan Dice and or some of the things that we talked about here? Yeah, look, I mean, every marketer should be a traffic and conversion summit. I mean, just period, end of story. I mean, it's going to be in Las Vegas. We're back in Q1. We got Richard Branson coming back. The lineup of speakers, including the two of you, is going to be phenomenal at TNC. So everybody should be there. Again, I, I say this, I'm still passionate about this event. I'm still involved in this event, even though we sold that event. I still believe it's the place. I want all my marketers there. I still believe it's the place. So if you're going to do one thing and only one thing, I would get yourself a ticket to Traffic and Conversion Summit. If you're going to do two things, if you're an agency owner and you know, you're, you're looking for that community, feel free to just email me directly, ryan at digitalmarketer.com. Happy to point anything out. Same if you're an entrepreneur. Like One of the things that I'm really trying to get better at is having direct, real conversations with folks. We've talked about this before. So rather than sending you to a site or a form, you got any questions about any of this stuff, hit me up. Drop me an email. That really does go to me. My assistant's in there. She'll make sure that I actually see it. But uh, yeah, ryan at digitalmarketer.com. If you're an agency and you're looking for something, if you're an entrepreneur, if you just don't even know, but you think, hey, that guy seems like not a total jackass, I'm here to help. So I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Well, a plug for you, Ryan, the Digital wow. Marketer Certified Partner Program, which I joined in 2016, I think would ultimately set me along the path of being able to build a scalable agency and then sell that agency. And I'm not pandering because I've said that before. I've got a YouTube video that's an hour long that talks specifically about the DMCP program. So if you're an agency listening to this and you don't have a home, that was an unbelievable incubator for me. Great community, great content, great groups of people. So if you are going to email Ryan, make sure to ask him about the partner program for sure. Nice. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That's quite a call to action. Ryan Dice's personal email here on Perpetual Traffic. Awesome to have you on. Like I said, we'll have you on a whole lot more, so we won't go like over an hour, but a ton of value here. Make sure that you do go over to perpetualtraffic.com and look up all the links that we left in the show notes. We'll leave links, obviously, to Traffic and Conversion Summit, as well as Get Scalable Live. That's October 2nd and 4th. Guys, I can't tell you, like, it's coming up fast. So grab your ticket to that. It's totally worth it. I went a couple of years ago, like I said before, it was absolutely amazing. And obviously, Traffic and Conversion Summit in Vegas. You guys are so big. You got to go to Vegas. So perfect time of the year for that. So much going on here. Hopefully, you found this week's episode useful. If so, make sure that you 
First off, subscribe, leave a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell us what we can do better as well in either that review or over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. We still look at that every single week. Make sure that you check out what we're doing on the socials for LinkedIn for me and then Kasim all over his socials and go back and listen to previous episodes and we'll leave links in the show notes for that. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Got to plug the YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. All resources and show notes at perpetualtraffic.com. So thank you so much, Ryan Dice, for coming on here on today's show. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 